From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, I talk DeFi, BlockFi, Celsius, Bitcoin. Why? Somebody called me irked. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. The time is 8.33 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. I want to get straight into those crypto prices because we have a longer conversation today. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Bitcoin is sitting at $20,983, down 1.2% 1. in 24. Ethereum's at $1,223, up 0.4% in 24. Tether's number three, USDC is number four, and Binance is at 239, up a half a percent in 24. Rounding off the top 10, we have BUSD, XRP, Cardano, Solana, and Doze. The total market cap is down a half a percent. It's at 949.8 billion. We have a BTC dominance of 42.3 and an F dominance of 15.7. And now it's time for Coin of the day. Our coin of the day today is Bitcoin Cash, ranked number 30 on coin market cap, another one I can't believe that we haven't done before. Its ticker is BCH. Its price is $111.82. It's down 3% in 24. Its market cap is 2.1 billion. Fully diluted market cap is 2.3 billion. 91% of Bitcoin Cash is in circulation. The all-time high for Bitcoin Cash might surprise you. It was five years ago at $4,355. It's down 97.5% since then. Its all-time low was four years ago at $75. It's up 48% since then. You can buy Bitcoin Cash at Binance, FTX, Gate.io, Coinbase, Huobi, Bitthumb, KuCoin, basically anywhere. So what is Bitcoin Cash? There is a big history about this and I, I would encourage everybody who doesn't know Bitcoin Cash and the history about everything uh, the reasons for Bitcoin Cash the debates around Bitcoin Cash the forking of Bitcoin this the whole thing I, I, I recommend you go and deep dive on this because it's very interesting about Bitcoin and crypto history but Bitcoin Cash is a peer-to-peer electronic cash system you're gonna hear that again in the show today that aims to become the world's global sound money with fast payments, micro fees, privacy, and high transaction capacity, meaning big blocks. In the same way with physical money, such as a dollar bill, Bitcoin cash payments are sent directly from one person to another. And again, there's a lot to know about Bitcoin cash. So please do a deep dive. It is worth it in historical points alone. And that's our coin of the day. Bitcoin cash ticker BCH rank number 30 on coin market cap. Moving into our news today. Well, today we're having a conversation because I got a letter from Kamaui from Hawaii. And 
uh, I liked the letter and asked a lot of questions about my podcast yesterday. And I wanted to make sure that I addressed it. And I'm inviting Paul McNeil, the crypto curator, on to talk about it and the whole situation around the letter. But I'm going to read the letter first. Kamali says, how's it, Matt? While listening to your podcast today, I wondered if bailout, in quotes, is the right terminology for what FTX is trying to do with BlockFi. Bailout is a dirty term that harkens back to what the government did with our taxpayer money for the too-big-to-fail institutions during the crisis. This smells the same, but the way I see it, this is more private business offering a lifeline with strings attached to these distressed companies. Hopefully, the terms of this transaction will allow for this distressed company to salvage the value that it had provided and clean up the practices to become stronger in the future or be gobbled up by the strong businesses, FTX in this case, and have their value salvaged in that way. Call me an optimist. So here's my question for you. You seem irked that a private business would bail out one private business over another. Why? Should all those distressed businesses be left to die on the wayside while we march into the future? Isn't the free market that allows companies like FTX to pick up who they see as worth it, in quotes, dust them off, add them to the ranks, and continue together to a brighter future? Are we picking winners and losers now? I know it's not the same, but I do pick winners and losers when I put my money into certain exchanges, DeFi protocols, and cold storage, etc. There's a positive spin on the story that I'm looking for. I hope you might see it as well. Aloha, Kamaui. I love this letter. And that spurs the whole conversation that we're going to get into right now. Paul McNeil, the crypto curator, thank you for coming on the show today. Absolutely, Matthew. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's been a minute since you've been on the show, and I actually haven't spoke to you as often as I usually do. I think we're both getting kind of busy with uh, our day-to-day. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yesterday on the show, I uh, was talking about, and somebody wrote me an email. His name was uh, Kamaui, and thank you very much, for Kamaui, for writing this because it spurred the conversation today. But I, I, I apparently sounded irked about the bailouts, and I'm going to put that in air quote, the bailouts in the crypto space. And I'm refer- I was referencing BlockFi, but that's not the only one. There's other ones where uh, either private companies or crypto companies or DAOs are raising money to back backstop companies or project or protocols that are failing for one reason or the other. And so the person wrote in and I read the article before, or I'm sorry, I read the email before this conversation. And um, I want to discuss with you about why I am, I guess, as they put it, irked. But I also want to just kind of like go through what is happening with all of this. And that's the show today, just because I think that I wanted to discuss about this. And are you okay with that? Absolutely. Great. So I want to take this back all the way to 2009. And I want to talk about Bitcoin first. And I want to talk about how this space started, the ideas around how this space started, what Bitcoin was created to do, and how, I guess, this movement got formed around those ideas. And if you came in late to the game, in my opinion, of your you know, post-2018-19, you might have a different perspective of what is going on and why this was created. Now, I'm not saying one is bad and one is good. However, I think the ethos and the foundation in which people come into this and their expectations are different. Paul, why was Bitcoin created? Yeah, Matthew, Bitcoin was created, and again, from what I understand, what I know, uh, as you mentioned, I, I actually became aware of this space around 2011, um, and I followed it since, and I followed it really close since, and I've watched a lot of document, documentaries on it, 
And, you know, from my understanding and what I get from the Bitcoin white paper, the Bitcoin white paper is actually titled Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer electronic cash, right? And so that's what I believe that the creator, whoever he, she, they are, um, they said that they wanted to be able to take the middleman out. And that's sort of the premise of what I understand Bitcoin is to be. And it really is to be this way for individuals to interact without a third party being involved. And that's what it was supposed to be, from my understanding. And why is that important? It's important because, again, in the Genesis block of the Bitcoin blockchain, uh, there was a, and I can't repeat it exactly the way it is, maybe you can, but it was about bailing out the banks, right? You know, so it was about bailouts. And, and if we believe that's what Shitoshi was going for, was to stop the ability of central banks to print money on end by having a fixed supply, then... You know, that, that's, that's why I sort of look at it. And that's why it's important is because we don't need to have a person in the middle. Internet has given us the ability to do commerce, but it has never had the ability for us to actually move money around on the Internet because you could copy it. I kind of uh, and thank you for that, Paul. I kind of look at mm-hmm. Bitcoin and I've been trying to figure out, like, how would I equate it to? And I kind of feel like it's the whole globe joining a union. And this is a union against the central banks. Before the central bank would have a monopoly on how how you used and how you participated monetarily within a nation, a country, or an economic system. And the idea of Bitcoin gave power to the people as more of like an organized labor movement, for lack of a better word, uh, or an organized, let's say, a monetary movement, to take power to the to the people directly to say that we can operate outside of this or we can hinder you or please do practices that are in the best interest of the people. And bailing out the banks in 2008 and bailing out uh, either other companies and putting money through companies uh, did not act in the best interest probably of a lot of people. And that's how they felt. Or the practices within the banking systems that caused the subprime loan uh, a real estate mortgage crisis and, and and all those other things. What do you think about that that idea or statement of the way I phrased it? Yeah, I'm glad you 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 said what you just said about bailing out and and, and we in the world I think a lot of really complex issues and heated discussions come around terms and those terms based on how you interpret them determines the narrative, right? And so I think that we get caught up in the term bailout and we know that it has a negative connotation and all of a sudden you know, people lose their mind when they hear that term. I don't know if I particularly see this as a bailout. And here's the reason why. I think bailing out is using government funds, which is using the people's funds to do something that they don't want you to do. When you look at a private industry, private company, they have the ability to do whatever they want. These are natural market forces taking place. And there's nothing we can really do about it because guess what? It's a company doing something with another company that has nothing to do with individual people. Now, yes, the individual people's funds are at risk here, but in reality, I think it goes a lot deeper. If you pay attention and you look at this whole thing developing, and I'm trying as much as I can, but Morgan Creek stepping in to this whole FTX and BlockFi thing is a result of their own interest. 
Okay, right? so so wait, wait, let, go, let's go back and phrase this because we we kind of jump from sure. uh, a Bitcoin to bailout. Uh, sure, sure. We define bailout, and we can agree on that. Bailouts are using yeah. the taxpayers' yeah. money to, to to put or inject money into a private company or uh, the stock market to make sure that things don't collapse. Is, is that what we're going to say? Yes, yes. It, maybe when there was some ma- ma- either malpractice or um, economic uncertainties or kind of like maybe black swan events that happen. So that we're using Absolutely. the people's money to do that. Okay, so that's what we agree yep, on yep. what bailout is. Yep, what yep. happened with BlockFi? Now, this is only one specific situation, but what happened with Block, BlockFi? Yes. And we can actually talk about Celsius too and Voyager sure. with that. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so what's happened is and it goes actually back to the Terra Luna situation. Unfortunately, I want to get that term out of my head and I try not to talk about it. But that's where I believe it started. I mean, this whole Terra Luna thing and whoever started this issue with Terra Luna. But Luna collapsing caused contagion with these other industries. And what wasn't clear to a lot of people when it should have been clear, and I think a lot of people were trying to send warning signals, i.e. Caitlin Long, she said it many times, she said one of these C5 platforms are going to fail because she knew really what was going on behind the scenes. So the water went out and a whole bunch of people were naked. Who was naked? Celsius was naked. Voyager was naked. BlockFi was naked. Three Arrows Capital was naked. Why? Because they were all dipping their hands in each other's pockets doing exactly what Caitlin said. It's rehypothecation of assets. People were taking and loaning and borrowing and using leverage, and they were doing all this wacky stuff that shouldn't have been done in the crypto industry because guess what? Crypto's just become just like Wall Street. That's what this is all about. So what happened is, again, Sam Bagman fried has seen an opportunity to become the modern-day J.P. Morgan, the same thing that happened way back in the day. And so he's got all this money. He's saying, all right, listen, I'll step in. I'll save you but I'm going to make some ridiculous terms where we're going to wash out all of the shareholders and we're going to take all the assets. And so that's the problem. Morgan Creek Digital, if people have been paying attention, Pomp, Yusko, and Jason Morgan uh, were all part of funding BlockFi. They were the ones investing in BlockFi and they saw all of a sudden they were about to get wiped out and they said, no, 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 we're going to step in and we'll provide the funds to make sure that you're not insolvent so that our assets are protected. Again, this is fair game. This is what I would do. If I was an investor and I had the money, I would protect them too. I'd move Sam Bankman-Fried out the way because I'm not going to get washed out. So what we're talking about is basic normal business practices. And I agree. It's normal business practices between um, different financial firms and Wall Street. Now let's go back to the person, uh, Kamaui, calling me irked. And so why am I irked? Um, and I am irked. And it's because of what you just said. And what Caitlin Long is pointing out now, Caitlin Long, if people don't know who Caitlin Long is, she's a huge advocate in Wyoming. She has uh, been advocating for, I guess, common sense legislation in blockchain or the crypto space for a long time. But she's also a Wall Street banker or used to be a Wall Street banker and worked in Wall Street. And so when she saw the, for lack of a better word, fuckery during the 2008 crisis, she got out and said, we have to have a better, better way because this is not right. And so with Bitcoin and the Genesis block that said, hey, these bailouts aren't cool. It is not cool for the people. It's not cool for our monetary system. Let's have transparency. Let's have some power. Let's take this uh, and make it more, more um, democratized. Um, and that created a, a platform and an ethos or an ideology that should have transfer, uh, transpired or kind of went downstream to these 
different projects that are being built in the blockchain space. However, instead of following the Satoshi white paper and the ethos or the ideology of, of, of Satoshi, it has now followed the ideology of Wall Street. And so we're seeing the same chinks in the armor that Wall Street has is, is that there's over leverage, that there is fractional reserve, that there is uh, lending out, there's, there's, and then when once domino falls, everything falls. And this is known practices to be unstable in times of uncertainty. And so I guess that's why I'm irked. It's like, why are we creating something that is already proven that is not in the benefit of companies or people now? And so the, uh, I guess the idea and the way why that I'm irked is because that uh, the current practice is not following Satoshi's vision, for lack of a better word, but Wall Street's vision. Yeah, no, it is true. And and I pulled up the Bitcoin white paper for a reason because I just wanted to read a couple sentences from it. But apart on the front page of the Bitcoin white paper, and here's another correction that I got incorrect. It's a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. We stop at cash. No, no, no. It's a system. And this is what people don't understand. It's not a peer-to-peer electronic cash. It's a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. And it's, it, there, there's a reason I didn't make that distinction, but it says a, peer, a purely peer-to-peer version of electronic cash would allow online payments to be sent directly from one party to another without going through a financial institution. And then in the introduction, he says, commerce on the internet has come to rely almost exclusively on financial institutions serving as a trusted third party to process electronic payments. Folks, that's it. This is why Bitcoin was created. I think it's important for people to understand because when they understand that, but here's the thing we also have to understand, Matthew, is this. If we think we can create this system and Wall Street's not going to get involved and all these other people in the financial industry are not going to get involved, shame on us because they are. We want this to stay truly cypherpunk. It's not going to be that, guys. It's not. I know what you want. Good good luck. I'm happy you said that. So now I got to ask you the question. What, what we call, well then we, why, are, why then build it on blockchain? Why call it DeFi? Why call it power to the people? Why call it banking the unbanked? Why call it, why call it all these things that we have this, I guess, rose-colored glasses of this new kind of financial system when it, it might not be? Yes, I think CFI is going straight banking Wall Street. It is. This is what Caitlin has told us. She's from Morgan. She came from Morgan Stanley. Listen, if anybody knows the fuckery, you're right. It's Caitlin Long. She's been screaming about this, and we've not been paying attention to her. And that is, if you want CFI to exist, you're in trouble. DeFi, on the other hand, I think that that works because with DeFi, you do have what Shitoshi recommended. You take the middleman out and you've got a platform, a system that's just allowing you to do your business. Nobody's involved. If that's the case, we're good with DeFi. CFI, on the other hand, that's trouble. So now we have the problem of defining DeFi and CFI. So when I think when I think of DeFi, I think of MakerDAO. And MakerDAO, I think, has the best system because you put up collateral you take a loan and they'll liquidate you and they won't even think about it. It's smart contracts. Right. I haven't seen anything like there, there is no if, ands or buts. There's no bailouts. There's nothing. You either do, you do what they say or you get liquidified. And that's decentralized finance without the intermediary. Now we have BlockFi, Voyager, Celsius. They're calling themselves DeFi. We call them DeFi out of, I guess, sheer lack of better words. But is it really DeFi? Yeah, no, I don't. And as a matter of fact, there's a new term that's come into existence, and it's CD5. Believe it or not, there's CD5. Why? Because, Vo- because Celsius tried to introduce what they called 
CFI, DeFi, but it really isn't. Listen, still had Celsius involved. And they were trying to say, listen, we're building on a decentralized platform with this swapping mechanism and therefore yada, yada. But, and I didn't dive much into that. But yes, I think that there is, I know myself, I make a clear distinction between CFI and DeFi. The Voyagers, BlockFi, those guys are CFI. DeFi, MakerDAO, like you said, that's where I make my delineation. I guess the last question here, and this is going back to Kamaui's letter to me about yesterday's episode. Do we have a right to be irked or, or should we just back off and allow it? Okay, actually, let me take this back. I expected better in this in the space. And it is and it's proving that it's not that people who are developing these financial products in the space are not better. They're the same. And that's where I come irked. Am I naive to expect better? Should we expect better? Should we be irked? Or should we just allow things to proceed? Yeah, no, I think what you're saying is true. And this is, again, I hate to keep bringing it up, but this is what Caitlin Long has been saying. Even myself, I ignored Caitlin. I was like, oh, Caitlin, you're just screaming. You know, it'll be okay, Caitlin. And she, every podcast she's been on, she's talked to everybody and she's been beating the drum. Guys, this is messed up. Guys, this is not going to work. And she was even on a, uh, um, a YouTube show with Scott Melker, Alex Mashinsky, her, Mike Alfred, and uh, I forgot who the other guy was. But here's the thing is that she's telling us this. Yes, we have a right to be irked, Matthew. But it, the thing is, is that I think there are some people in the space that are trying to do the right things. I think others aren't. But here's what's also frustrating. I just responded on Twitter on this one. In crypto, we truly have become Wall Street. We act like politicians, sorry. We're acting like Wall Street and we're acting like Congress. Cut it out, guys. Paul, thanks for coming on the show and talking about this. And, and Kamali, I hope that this was a good conversation to answer your email. And if you have another email, please, you can write me and I will forward to Paul if you want to talk to him too. Paul, thanks again. Indeed. Thanks, Matthew. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. I'll be back tomorrow. And until then, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>